0: Welcome everyone. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Once again, we're here for another look into an episode of an '80s cartoon. My name is Randy, and once again, I am joined by my co-host, as always, Phil. Phil, how you doing today, brother?
1: Man, I am doing great. This is really bringing me back, dude. Like, I really have um, this episode that we're about to do. It's uh, it, it brought me back, man. I'm doing fantastic. Let's do it.
0: Alright, and uh, before we get into the episode today, just a little bit of good housekeeping here. Uh, Just a few notes as we usually do for every episode here. Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order, where geeks unite. Check out geekworldorder.com for event photography, our podcasts, um, features of other podcasts, and other great geeky content. Geekworldorder.com is where you go. Also, follow us on social media. Go to Facebook.com slash GeekWorldOrder. And you can also go to Twitter and Instagram, both at GeekWorldOrder. And there is our social plug. And Man, I am ready to get into this episode because today we are the central organization organization for podcast specialists. We are COPS. We're fighting boredom in the modern times. Cops. COPS. And Phil, it's podcasting time.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Like, I had a hard time remembering the cartoon, but as soon as I heard that theme song, as soon as it went, that brought everything back, dude. Like, I used to have action figures, I used to have all kinds of stuff.
0: Oh, dude. Like, I I remember
1: how much I loved it.
0: (laughs) Oh, dude, man, I was looking up stuff. Just to get ready for this episode, uh, like I saw some of the toy commercials. Oh, I didn't realize the toys had like the little cap gun feature in them. Yeah, like you
1: could. So it would actually like it would go pop pop, like it would actually <laughs> like pretty much a cap gun gunshot.
0: Right, and for those who don't know the series, Cops is sort of like a futuristic. Um obviously it's a law enforcement show. It's kind of like GI Joe in a very a specialty group. You know, the, the the cops are all individual elements, but they've got, you know, special abilities. They're they've got special skills they all utilize and, and of course they are led by the wonderful bulletproof. And this guy oh is God. like <laughs> this guy is like smooth, bro. You
1: know, he really is with that voice and everything like this. We
0: are cops. Like, damn, son, are you in good hands? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're in all (laughs) state hands. I am bulletproof. Are you in good hands? (laughs) And And let me point out, I forgot
1: how brolic strong this dude was.
0: Dude, right? (laughs)
1: Like, I watched the episode and he fought um like the henchman's Name is escaping me, but he basically overpowered the crap out of him.
0: Wait, Lord, no, dude, wow! There's definitely a reason he's the cops' commander.
1: Pretty much, and his name is bulletproof. On top of that,
0: right? Which I had a
1: really bad joke prepared for that, but let's—I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, today bulletproof, we are t-
1: huh? You're going to need that in today's society. <laughs>
0: <Cool>. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on, folks, and today. We are taking a look at The Case of the Crime Convention And This was actually a really interesting uh, Premise for an episode Um, Basically it All starts out All of the big name criminals From basically from around The world are gathered at this hotel And basically They are there for a Convention of criminals And well, there's gonna be a little bit of an intrigue and a little bit of competition here. Um in this is definitely they start talking about and it really feels like a convention at first because they're talking about just like the different events. The uh, big boss is up at the front giving the opening address. He's like, Oh, we're gonna do the the crime marches on exhibit. And then Oh, he drives me nuts. <laughs> and then he mentions the on, I guess on the final day of the convention, they're going to have the United Felons Awards Banquet where they are going to crown the Criminal of the Year. Oh, man. And he produces <laughs> the trophy for this thing. The, the Golden Blackjack. So, when he pulled this thing out, bro, it looks like a straight dildo. <laughs> yeah, it does.
1: Oh, yeah, he just basically pulled out the uh... woo! The minus touch of all penises.
0: It really does, man. Here, <laughs> it's a blackjack, say.
1: No, it's not. That's a penis.
0: Oh, jeez. And Oh, big boss man. He's got that t- just stereotypical gangster, so Like, ah, she. Huh.
1: Yeah, like that monster type.
0: <laughs> and so we get a, a bit of a look of two of the w- more well-known villains of the series, um who are known as Berserko and McBoomboom. And they're oh basically like Boom Boom. All right. I want this trophy. And that's sort of where the episode goes in a direction of they're basically competing to be named the villain of the year or the criminal of the year.
1: By the way, Berserko, his voice, man, what's 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 going on with that?
0: I don't know, uh, lady. Uh,
1: he's just got this voice.
0: Oh, that high-pitched, whiny voice is just really—you you know who?
1: Yeah, you know who he reminds me of? Remember the guy from Police Academy?
0: It, it, it was like this all
1: the time. Like That's kind of who he reminds me of. I forgot his name, but he's a
0: comedian. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't get that reference because I've never actually seen Police Academy. <laughs> Somebody will.
1: He's it, it, pretty much it's, it's like this all the time.
0: Right. Somebody's going
1: to get it eventually, but that's who he reminds me of. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So after this, we get a shot of the cops headquarters and they're, well, kind of noticing that crime has been very down the last few days. Which, of course, unusual for a series like this, you know, sort of a cartoon series where it seems like something is happening every day. So it's very odd that the crime rate is down.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. These villains are normally very busy.
0: But, luckily, there are not one, but two bank robberies that are occurring. They, they just get the signal out of nowhere. Oh, two. Two at, the t- two at a time now. And so we see Berserko coming out of a bank. He's got a big old sack of cash. He's obviously robbed the place. And as he's walking out the door, he's like, Hey, guys! Vote for Berserko for Criminal of the Year. He's like, he's making it known. He's on the campaign I trail. I robbed this
1: bank. It's a, it's puts it it's puts it out there. Like, really, bro?
0: He does. I'm like, man, that kind of makes me think of, like, modern-day politicians and um, most, you know, the last several speaking, elections.
1: Speaking of politicians, the dude with the purple suit and the old face... The Al Gore-looking guy. What was
0: his name again? McBoomBoom. Boom Boom. Uh,
1: that's the okay. That's McBoomBoom. Boom Boom. Good God, man!
0: And as he states, as he's coming out of his bank, that's one Mac, two booms.
1: <laughs> what is with him, dude? That, that's what I was gonna say. The one uh, Mac, two booms. And he sounds don't... like uh, he 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 sounds like the priest from No the. Disney Notre
0: Dame. <laughs> Dude, like he's got like a really slick old man voice and he's dressed impeccably I'm <laughs> dressed yeah. impeccably. In the pimp suit. Right, and we don't That's see a, it in that this, is a pimp suit. And we don't see it in this episode, but um McBoom Boom's gimmick is that he basically has these cybernetic enhancements and he's actually got like guns that come straight out of his chest which I think you oh, do like see it in the cannons? Yeah, like, you do. Yeah, but, I'm
1: sorry, those are low nipple cannons. <laughs> his, t- his tits are sagging, those are low nipple cannons. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and you did, by they, me, he takes that wrath of my nipples. Yes, and as they come out of the bank, <laughs> they straight up crash into each other, backing out of the bank. Yep. And they're like, what are you doing here? And hey, what are you doing here? Oh! Oh God! It hurt! Oh, it hurts! Just try to, it, trying to imitate that voice of Berserko. dude. It's
1: it's it's so squeaky. He's such a big dude with a hard ass face, and he just has that squealy voice. Oh. Could be a boxer, I guess. But
0: yeah, but they don't have time to waste because here come the cops. Oh,
1: dude, dude! They're always on point.
0: That's dude, what I love
1: about that show.
0: Dude, they got some crazy vehicles, man.
1: Oh, they do. No, they're, they're gadgets. Like, um... Uh, what's his name? Hardtop has got that Spidey click gun going on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but... Unfortunately, they... make off pretty quickly, and so the cops don't catch them here. And we go back to the convention where Big Boss is practicing some really bad jokes... Like, bruh he literally practices his joke where he's gonna go up to the un- to, you know up to his podium he answers yeah so I just need to make it known that the hotel management has told us that someone has been stealing towels Dr- pause for effect
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: this this joke was so bad <laughs>
1: It was but, um,
0: very bad Berserko comes into the room because, um, <clears throat> if, for those who may not know, Berserko is actually the nephew of Big Boss.
1: That he is.
0: So he's coming for advice and trying to figure out, you know, how can I win this v- criminal of the year? And Big Boss basically goes, ah, you gotta go big. You gotta go big here, boy. The bigger the better. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess that's... Pretty good advice if you're wanting to be noticed. What better way than to go big? They pull off some Grand Theft Auto Five type
1: stuff.
0: And so we then we go to a scene where um, Doctor Bad Vibes, another of the prominent villains on this series, is actually working on basically the display piece for the "Crime Marches On" exhibit. Like, he's trying that's to get, Mr. like, no, go ahead, sorry. Like, no, he's, like, trying to get, like, all the the presentation elements, like, like, he's literally in convention mode trying to get, make sure things go according to plan.
1: That's Mr. Braincase. Like, that's one of the things, honestly, that brought me back because I had, he was one of the first action figures I had from cops. Mm-hmm. And then it just went from there. So I remember that brain case specifically. Yeah. Because they had it to where there was, like, moisture in the brain case. So it looked like an actually, like, wet brain. <laughs> it was crazy. That was, like, one of my favorite, like, toys for a while. Right. So McBoombo comes in here and
0: <laughs> he's actually looking for help from Dr. Bad Vibes. But Bad Vibes is kind of like, I I really don't have time for this. I I. I gotta make this thing it's sort of like the thing through this episode just like he's trying to make the centerpiece this big electrical display and it just kind of keeps breaking on him
1: yeah it keeps like popping and exploding the bulbs are bursting
0: he's literally literally doing
1: a bad job
0: he's literally like a cosplayer (laughs) whose costume is just breaking every step of the way it's like take five steps oh another piece has fallen off Oh, another piece. (laughs) Someone bring in the duct tape to fix this thing! So... Oh, man. So, yeah, um... Basically, McBoomBoom comes up with his own plan of uh, a big shenanigan. He's gonna steal a cop's vehicle. Like, he's gonna (laughs) straight up steal a vehicle. Like, this is insane. Um, In,
1: Is this basically at this point Is this where enter the berserko posters Comes up Almost <laughs> Cause that was funny What the hell is this <laughs> He was pissed
0: Right <laughs> Um, But yeah so we go to The cops headquarters And um hardtop is working On his vehicle Which is this insane Like roadster looking thing man but it's cool so But literally McBoomBoom goes straight In there And straight up steals the vehicle Like And this is pretty brazen Dude man like He is straight up on it cause he's definitely Got a plan and I mean let's face it he's straight up executed
1: <laughs> Oh man Yeah that was Not good
0: no. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So basically, he gets out. He makes a stop real quick, and yes, he sees big giant banners on the sides of the buildings. Berserko for criminal of the year. That's
1: <laughs> so like with well, that big weird underbite smile. I don't know. It, his face.
0: Man, basically, this whole episode is like. <laughs> top this.
1: Pretty much, it's it's like a, a he used
0: one up, dude. So we get a chase. Hardtop chases him in this like you know his slick roadster vehicle. Um, and he literally gets like stopped by like two trucks, like berserk or McBoomBoom. Kind of manages to weave in and out of some trucks, and then two of them just go- look like he- Oh,
1: good. That's what I was getting to. It's like, it, they kind of like, like, mush between them and just. Did he push them off or did they just veer off?
0: Yeah, I don't. I couldn't figure out what happened there because, like, he just runs off the side of the road. It's like, how? You know, that <laughs> made no sense at all. I'm like, because those two uh, vehicles just boxed hardtop in. Like,. Hardtop's just dealing with New York traffic now. <laughs> Pretty much. What, you, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, no. And once again, he keeps... Oh no, so basically, once he drives off the bridge, and and somehow he gets away, it actually takes Hardtop long enough to get to him dealing with this traffic that Bing Boom Boom is just gone. Yeah, he, he's not happy though. Yeah, no. <laughs> so we get back, and he's going to uh, Doctor Bad Vibes again. And yep that that sign it just keeps breaking. <laughs> he's not good at lights. No, he's not. And so you considering know, he has a
1: uh, glass brain case, he's yeah. not good at that stuff.
0: And yeah, McBoomBoom. He just walks in with the steering wheel of the vehicle. (laughs) The smoking hat.
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, things happened.
0: Yeah, would have been a great centerpiece for their crime attraction, but yeah, that didn't work out so well. (laughs) But we learned that the game is still in play here because um, Berserko is... We've learned that Berserko is going to make his next move and, um, make some alterations to a city statue.
1: Freaking Berserko, dude. He has the most crackpot ideas.
0: Right? I mean, at this point, it's just like, dude, go big or go home. That's really what they (laughs) keep doing this whole episode, man. I mean...
1: not for nothing, but the big boss keeps telling him to do that, so I Mm -hmm. get it, but, dude, relax.
0: Yeah. So, once McBoomBoom learns of the statue plan, he straight up calls the cops. (laughs) He goes to a payphone, calls cops' headquarters directly, and straight up snitches him out. Snitches get stitches. I mean, that's basically the plan. He was hoping Berserko goes to jail so he could get the criminal of the year that way.
1: Like, Um, I really don't know how that would fly in the the criminal crime ring. It's like, yeah, I snitched him out to the cops so I could come out on top. Hey, look at me. Criminal. Yep. So at this point...
0: uh, mm. So the one that answers the phone is an operative by the name of Mainframe, who I believe is, their, is the cop's computer person. And Yeah. If I'm... I can't remember. Was there a video at any point? Oh, I know there had to be, because I swear, I think she said something about the guy was wearing a hat. And somehow... <laughs> um... But somehow couldn't recognize who it was just like uh, anonymous tip but you've got like a video phone and you saw the guy (laughs) wearing like this purple hat and didn't put it together okay whatever so these two that uh, is funny so hardtop and mainframe they head out to the scene to check out the tip and yes, they see Berserko and um, another villain. Oh, which I cannot remember his name. I want to say it's like Rock Crusher or something. So, um, but Is he B- the one with the uh, prison hat? Yeah, and he's got like the, the jackhammer.
1: That, yeah, he's got the jackhammer. He's got that huge like undergum thing going on. Right. Like where his lip is like tucked into his mouth.
0: Oh yeah, dude, like all the <laughs> villains on this show are drawn with just like these exaggerated Ooh. comic features.
1: Yeah, like he he really had it he really had that undergum going on.
0: Oh man, that was yeah. Insanity. <laughs> like
1: that, that was that needs medical attention. That was swollen.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> the plan is that Berserko is gonna cover this city statue in concrete and have the other villain. Just reshape it to look like him. So he's literally just going to leave his up. mark on the city. With his own statue.
1: Ooh, boy. Like, I guess, I mean, again, his... <laughs> what did he tell them go big or go home? <laughs> Pretty much
0: so. Right. Uh, so we do get the, the two cops come in. And... Unfortunately, they do not do very well in trying to apprehend the criminals.
1: Mm, no. They get the and... concrete
0: poured on them.
1: And the t- they get their typical cement shoes put on, <laughs> too.
0: Yep. So like, th- man, cement shoes, hey? And this is, like, the quickest drying cement ever, dude. Like, they are their feet dude. are trapped within, like, seconds. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to be in this futuristic time where, and just have all yeah, these has a quick resources going on, <laughs> obviously they've got some kind of, some kind of criminal technology they're working. But as our cops are in certain peril, of course we have to have our wonderful '80s trope of art the good guys are in danger, so we have to go to commercial. And we'll be back in just a minute, folks, as well.
1: All right. The case of the
0: big chase. Officer Roadblock grabbed the squad car to stop Cuckoo before he got away. Set the barricade. And Officer
1: Taser brought the paddy wagon to blast Hyena. Ah. Cop, squad car, and paddy wagon, sold
0: separately with caps. Fighting crime in a future. We're gonna stop the crooks. That cops gotta know who they are. That's the rock rusher. No jail can hold them. And here's Berserko, a dangerous street punk.
1: Meanwhile, at the crooks hideout.
0: Look out for Long Arms. He's a tough street cop. Sergeant Mace, the Swat King leader. And Bulletproof's a federal agent. Give up, you crooks. You're surrounded by the cops. Ah! Cops and crooks each sold separately. cash. All right, and we are back. And of course. As we come back to commercial, of course, our heroes had just been encased in concrete and they are being taken towards the convention center where the crime syndicate convention is happening. And we're now closer to the main event itself. And bruh, Dr. Bad Bad Vibes Man got this crazy pink suit going on.
1: Yes, with the rose and the like jacket and everything. And also there's another observation I wanted to mention. Um what's the guy's name again with the pimp suit on?
0: McBoom Boom. McBoom Boom looks like a very unhappy Joker. <laughs> old man Doesn't Joker. He? It's like
1: old man Joker. He's like, I don't want to be funny anymore. Like he's just not like, he just doesn't care anymore. Right. And he just, like, he tried to go the way of a pimp, and just it, it failed miserably. So now he just doesn't care about anything.
0: It's just sort of the, the test of time. It's like, well, crime has definitely taken its toll <laughs> on you. You can you can clearly tell this guy has been beaten a few times. And, um, yeah, he's sort of losing his will to live.
1: Yeah, he just does not care. <laughs> so much in fact that he snitched. Right.
0: And I still can't
1: of, get over that. Like, he snitched.
0: And speaking of snitching, we go to the main exhibit hall where everyone's, you know, sitting at their tables, just being, you know, waiting for the ceremony to happen. And, bruh, Big Boss straight up calls out that someone stooged on him, on his nephew. Yep. That
1: does not go well in the crime syndicate at all.
0: No. Nah, this is <laughs> that's the thing like even just like watching the scene like I couldn't see if he was like directly hinting at McBoom Boom like I'm not sure if he knew like I didn't see him like kind of indicating way. Mean, he, he kind of
1: turned towards him and McBoom Boom was like
0: mm-hmm, like his face okay I may have missed that because I he didn't like, see that <laughs> he, just, he kind of
1: made a face Cause he kind of turned in his direction, and McBoom was like,
0: <laughs> "Ah, whatever. I'm whatever. I'm old. I don't care anymore." <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, and he, oh, and he actually says, uh oh, somebody stooge on my nephew. Where's the honor among thieves?"
1: And then that's when he makes the face. Like they zoom in on him, like.
0: I I think I was just laughing at the audacity of the statement so much that I didn't actually catch exactly. that. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the thing, man. Some of these shows, like sometimes you gotta watch them over again. It's like y- you get so many little things you just miss.
1: Yeah, those little innuendos.
0: <laughs> so we go back to our heroes. They're in the um. Their, where wherever that exhibit is. So they have this crazy idea to escape. They're going to work in tandem and hop off of the I like, was <laughs> Dude <laughs> How the How the fuck did this work? What kind of leg and core
1: strength do you have to have to hop concrete Past this gorilla looking security guard that's anxious for no reason.
0: So first they have to work in tandem to get off the platform they're on. But how does that how are they able to jump up? As I would assume what looks like the slab of concrete they're buried in should easily weigh more than both of them combined.
1: Yeah. And they're just hopping along.
0: And like what kind of strength? Dude, they hop off the platform, and I literally go, um, how, how is this working? And then they just keep going. And then, Down the hall. Exactly. Like, this... <laughs> they bust They bust through a door and, like, knock over the rock crusher guy. And, like, he can't even muster to chase. He's like, uh, eh, whatever.
1: Exactly. He's like, oh, I will be get paid enough
0: for this. And, yeah, you know, I'm still... Still wondering how this is working. This is literally me. How is this working? And they go out the front door. (laughs) They hop, 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 hop. Right to the payphone.
1: They smash that
0: door. Right. I mean, at some point with the... I would assume the force required to move themselves with the concrete. At some point, this concrete start buckling. Yeah, you'd think that much traumatic force would eventually start chipping away at it, at least, or make some kind of structural crack.
1: This is like nope. this,
0: this is somehow the strongest yet weakest concrete ever.
1: I was going to say, is it like a rubber like concrete? Because they were just hopping away. Right like, here comes the bellboy. Oh, he opens the door. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> but yeah, just keep so hopping along, we get a. Yeah, they literally hop right to the phone, and they call headquarters. And who answers the phone? Our man Bulletproof,
1: Slick Soul glow,
0: Soul Glow Bulletproof. Yep, Bulletproof in his <laughs> in his glorious Jerry curl. <laughs> just let your soul glow. <laughs> but seriously, he's Yo, like he has got he has got that slick,
1: shiny shit going on.
0: Bro, this dude is calm, cool, and collected. He is, like, literally the child edition of Shaft. Pretty much, yeah. And, of course, he says it, folks. It's crime fighting time.
1: <laughs> they all love that. So God, especially, what's his face? He's, I forgot, I, I forgot, I can't recollect that he's in this episode, but uh, Mace.
0: Yeah, he's in the episode, because... Because he's, he's the one that's got, like, that red visor and, like, the orange jumpsuit. Yeah, he's a long kid, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's got... I don't think he actually speaks in this episode, but we do see him in the in the upcoming battle. And we see some interesting guys in there. Like, and I can't remember any of their names, but, like, I swear one of them's a cowboy.
1: Yeah, he's, he's got the, the whole Fu Manchu mustache going
0: on. Yeah, he's totally got, like, a Texas Ranger... Law out, you know, Wild West lawman kind of vibe, yeah, pretty much. So, we go back to the um, the crime convention, and Big Boss is, you know, he's going on his speech, he's talking, likes to hear himself. He's he goes on about always needing to be vigilant, staying alert. And what's Berserko doing? Literally right next to he him.
1: He is nodding off like I do in every lecture I've ever been in. Bro. He's just
0: <laughs> And this is like the weirdest <laughs> sleeping ever, dude, because I don't know if he's snoring or like dreaming or I don't know what think... that noise he was making was.
1: I think it was night terrors. I don't know.
0: It had to do something. <laughs> it, It's like Big Boss is, like, trying to make his last point again. He's trying to say it loud enough to make Berserker wake up. And then he's just like, yeah, no, just just pour some water on him.
1: I think it's fine. And, yeah, she just drenches him.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we go outside. And Mama Ambulip Proof, to his credit, even he calls out how absurd it is that they were able to get off of that platform and hobble all the way down to the phone to make the call to them. Like, once he sees them encased in the conference, (laughs) even Bulletproof is calling this out. right? That was so funny. He's like, uh, uh, what the hell? (laughs) Like, I felt vindicated at this because I'm pretty sure I have literally uttered the words, how the fuck is this working, like, 17 times at this point? Bro, I need to, like... (laughs) A little worked up That's when I watch I like. these shows, man.
1: That's why I love Bulletproof, man. He's just he's straight up just no BS.
0: Oh, man. So we go back to into...
1: the simple dynamics of things. He's like, um, no. <laughs> I,
0: I just love how that we can get a show like this that is just so over the top and absurd. And sometimes you just gotta call out the over the topness. Like, just that beautiful meta of it.
1: And when you get someone that smooth
0: to do it, oh, yeah, it works. That's the thing, (laughs) though. The call out's got to be from somebody just absolutely smooth like that. Ooh, buddy. So here's where things really get interesting. So we go back into the main events hall, and Big Boss finally announces who the criminal of the year is. It's Big Boss. (laughs) Of
1: course. (laughs) <laughs> Why would you expect anything less? Yes, he just nah. gives the award and to him. mine, meh.
0: Oh buddy, and Berserko and McBoomBoom Boom are um a little pissed to say the least.
1: Oh, they're meddled. They're super meddled.
0: Oh dude. But <laughs> they don't have a lot of time to be angry because it's a police raid! The police are here!
1: Oh, yeah, and everybody goes
0: running. Oh, dude, everyone's running. There is action. Like, business picks up, man. Like, we had a little taste of it earlier with the car chase, but, nah, once we get a few more cops on the scene and getting some people in and just... Oh, one of the funny parts, man, like, they kind of corralled some of these no-name, like, villains right in the back of, like, a carrier... Oh yeah, that's
1: right. Like
0: right into a truck, they just go right in. A cop just like comes out from this side panel, just shuts the door on them.
1: You know, and one of the one of the things I was so like, it was so funny, but I was so mad about was like Big Boss just kind of wiping a tear away just after he announces he's the winner.
0: <laughs> he's like, ah, ah, oh god, right? All this planning, all this oh, preparation. God to give myself <laughs> yeah. this beautiful award like, all for nothing. What a build up. Like what a buildup!
1: Right. To just give it to himself. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'm so emotional.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, I laughed <laughs> so hard a, at is this. What an a-hole, dude. Like for some reason I did not expect him to give himself the award but I was like, you know what, actually it works. It literally just works yeah. and it makes sense.
1: That is what villains were back in the day, man. They were very (laughs) self-centered.
0: But yeah, no. um, To say the least. And of course, everyone's trying to get away. Um, Now, Bad Vibes, uh, McBoomBoom and Berserko do basically end up getting away. Um, Bad Vibes actually drops this curtain from the main stage to the back. and Yeah, it isn't shown, but somehow they get away. And of course, they'll be back for another round of crime eventually And So you know this basically Things are starting to slow down You know Bulletproof's giving a voiceover Talking about you know how he How they extradited all the criminals back to Their countries for trial So I mean overall it was kind of a A, a win for the cops You know they still got a lot oh, of yeah. International criminals so big Big bust very successful Even though some of their Their own local guys got away <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so through all of this hardtop and mainframe are still encased in the concrete.
1: Oh, don't forget about the uh the the gold dildo dropping out of the curtain or wherever it was.
0: Oh yeah, that's a piece of evidence now. <laughs> that award dude. Seriously, oh seriously why? Ugh. Yeah. Why does it look like a big golden dick?
1: It's like a big cobra dick, pretty much just what it looks
0: like. I mean, I know eighties cartoons are just over the top and insane, but really? This thing's gotta look like a dick. Yeah. Remember,
1: adults made these cartoons, so I'm pretty sure they just left that in there. I'm like, I hope any, no yeah. one notices. Or I hope someone does
0: notice. Right? Oh yeah, put this you mean dick like that, right on uh... this table. Oh yeah, you mean like the um <laughs> the cover to the little mermaid VHS?
1: Yeah, dude, you remember that?
0: Dude, like, that, I mean, if that's not a dick, that is just some very awful animation. Just, but, brow, that, that, that. Tower of Penis. It was totally a dick.
1: Yeah. And then all those that other stuff that was in all those other Disney movies is ridiculous.
0: Oh, dude, that's a whole. That and they a were whole, proven as true. Right. Oh, that is a whole other Like I went back
1: for... and watched Lion King, like, when he flopped in the grass and, like, everything went up and it said the word sex or whatever. Like, I paused it. As oh, a yeah. Guess, they... I paused it.
0: Oh, yeah. They, they tried to say, it was like, no, it's SFX for special effects.
1: Like, no, that's an Question.
0: E. Yep. Very questionable. I can spell. Oh, dude, there are some definitely some crazy ones I... What was it? The rescuers, not the rescuers down under, but the rescuers, like one of yeah, that hotel card or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like one of the like they had they scene where they're staring at this like wall of like apartments, and yeah, one of them's like a little porn picture just inserted into the hotel into that apartment, dude. They're like it was
1: so it was so quick, like you really had to look for it, but once you saw it and you caught that, like you captured it. That's exactly what
0: it was. Right. And that's sort of the thing, man. Like, I guess at some point, especially back in those days, like the 80s and 90s, we're still doing a lot of the hand-drawn animation, so it probably got pretty, you know, kind of tedious to have to draw the same thing over and over and over, especially if you're doing higher frames per second for higher, you know, video quality still, you have to draw all of those frames. And yeah, no well, animators were hard work back then, dude. Animators, you know, they—that's why all those things came into the videos, man. They, just animators, like, no, I'm bored. I have to break this up. Here's something somebody'll find, and like, <laughs> no, yeah, and nobody finds it until like long after they're like fired.
1: It's like, uh, so you drew a penis on the Little marine castle. You, you gotta go. Yeah, suck my Easter eggs, whatever. <laughs>
0: but yeah so um yeah all in all dude i actually thought this was a pretty fun episode of the series
1: oh yeah it definitely was it showed how pompous villains can really be Mm -hmm. which was kind of the the, that was kind of the thing back then they were just really pompous and really self-centered
0: and that's what made them funny And it's one of those shows, because, like, a lot of shows don't do episodes that are more villain-centric.
1: Right. You're absolutely right. It was centered around the villains.
0: Yeah. Like, the cops only had a couple of scenes in the episode. And there's a few that, like, there are some really good examples of that. Um, There's a Transformers episode in season three called Web World, where the Autobots are in the first scene of the episode but literally none through the rest of the episode. It's basically sent, the episode is basically centered around Galvatron. And oh, that's an episode we'll probably do probably very shortly. Maybe once we get a couple episodes of transformers in, but that'll be definitely be one yep. down the road because it's actually one of my favorite episodes of transformers just for, just because of how different it is. And oh yeah, I, that's definitely one of the things that really helped this episode in me. Surprisingly, like, I don't think a lot happened in this episode. It was just kind of like, you know, scene, 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 action. But it was still a good framing device of having it focused on the villains and doing something a little different.
1: Right, and you don't don't really get that a lot. Like, you'll maybe get, like, maybe one or two one-off episodes to where that happens. But those are the episodes, honestly, you remember the most because... As much as we focus on the heroes, like when they do, like they dwell into the villains like that, it's. I guess I, I could say it gives you a whole new perspective.
0: Right. No, and I love when shows in general take some risks and really do something different, because a lot of '80s cartoons and the, thats the years it really had the, kind of the stigma that a lot of the the episodes were basically just 30-minute toy commercials.
1: Pretty much. Um, I it was, know just the, straight, it was just straight protagonist, and that
0: was it. Right. You know, because you wanted to sell the good guys. I mean, you had to have enough moments to make people want to get the bad guy figures, you know, at least to have something to beat up. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 80s were basically that generation where the cartoons were like... Because really, once you kind of get into the 90s... You see the restrictions and kind of the FCC rules being applied more into, you know, how directly you can sell items through cartoons like that. And it's definitely an interesting time to say the least, because, yeah, the rules and requirements as you get into the 90s and the 2000s and the shift towards more educational programming and the, you know, that. You you had that little e slash i on your screen telling you you were going to learn something in that cartoon, which um, yep, <laughs> those were the I, I worst cartoons. Holy crap! Those were the worst cartoons ever. Like anything that had an ei that like wasn't Magic School Bus, were basically terrible shows.
1: Oh yeah, because they, they they kind of pushed it too hard, and it was like where's where's the actual where's the entertainment factor?
0: Right, because there weren't a lot of shows that really could balance that between being educational and entertaining. Um, It's really, I feel like the eighties cartoons were the golden era, man. They were just perfection. We just had all the over the top villains, fantastic action. Like, I mean, they were educational in the sense of like learning right and wrong, but, yeah, right, and exactly. and the, right and not just in the oh. right and not just in the sense of doing like the PSA's at the end to have that quick thing but even throughout the show like you weren't learning like educational school things but you were learning right from wrong you were learning you know good guys bad guys you were learning life lessons and being given a way to filter and come to you know decisions about how you view the world and the kind of influence you want to have in the world and it's really i think what 80s cartoons did the best and they did that through the storytelling they did in the cartoons themselves you know when they took a lot of times when they took more risks you know and a
1: funny part was um what i like that cops delved into sometimes was um one particular episode that I'm starting to remember now was um, an episode where Hardtop was afraid of heights.
0: Oh, so, I think that's that's actually the first episode. Because
1: yeah, and he, I, he ended up overcoming that, and he's like, he looks in the screen, and is like, yeah, anyone can overcome their fears, and like he didn't let that stop him from doing his job. but he eventually overcame it.
0: Yeah, because like uh, and, a little while back when I. First, got a hold of the series. I I watched the first couple episodes just to remember what the whole vibe of the show was, and that's actually the first episode.
1: Yeah, and it's it just kind of, It was interesting to me because, like, number one, you don't think of cops being scared of anything. Number two, it kind of just like he's basically telling you, yeah, you can conquer your fears too. And it was kind of like a positive vibe, but you didn't know that. Okay, well, wow, cops are scared of stuff too. And as a kid, they're kind of like you're like, okay, wow, I didn't know that.
0: Right. No, and that's sort of the thing, like, as we got into later generations of cartoons, um, the the lessons almost became more kinda of obvious. But sort of these shows you they kinda of let the lessons kind of breathe through the episode and be intertwined with it as they came to the point I know a lot of times with more modern cartoons you, you kind of just get the the message at the end or just some weird random point in the middle and then nothing right. really happens around it to to get to that point a lot of times especially in media that's more aimed for children um, the stuff that's aimed for adults is usually get gets a little more smarter like with the reboots of a lot of our cartoons. Yeah, that's true. That's why I love the 80s cartoons, man. That's why I wanted to do this show in the first place is just really and just kind of refocus and look at some of these shows as an adult and just kind of realize there's some crazy things going on, man.
1: Yeah, there is. And it's like if you really look at cartoons now compared to what they were in the 80s, there is a huge, huge difference. Like Cartoons now are just very random. And they don't really serve any purpose besides entertainment. It's just randomness to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Like back in the eighties, it made you laugh, it entertained you, it kept you on the edge of your seat. But at the same time, it also taught you a lesson,
0: mm-hmm. right? And, and that's missing these days. Yeah, and it sort of goes back to the dynamic of the mediums as well. Because on TV, you know, we didn't have back then the like the Netflix and the things we have now, where you can. You know, we don't have the instant access. At you know back then, right. th- they had to hook you right away. Yeah,
1: anticipation was everything because you had to wait until the next day or next week or whatever it was, depending on what show you watched. You had to wait. There was oh. no binging. There was none of that. Right. Now, and you and could that's... buy the VHS tapes, but you would still have to wait for the next VHS tape to come out.
0: Right, and that's sort of the thing with Netflix now. Like, they can craft a show and have it get to a point, but they're going to release the whole thing at once, not, yeah. you know, once a week or even once a day. So there's definitely a dynamic shift from when we were kids to now of and of how you consume media, how you can construct the media in a way to get your point across. Because a lot of times you didn't have that, you know, you had to entertain now. I mean, a lot of shows did produce mass episodes. Like, you know, a lot of shows would have like the 65 episode art, you know, the seasons, because that was the number right. for syndication. You know, if they had just 65 total episodes, they could sell off to syndication, get on multiple channels. But even then, a lot of the episodes had to be contained one shot because you really don't know what episode is going to air on what day on the syndicated channel. Right, exactly. Whereas you go to something on Netflix, they release the season, you know, you start at the first episode, go through, but you know, if it's a slow point, you know, well, okay, I know it's going to build to something at the end of this arc, you know, I've got to go through like, you know, 10, 12, 13 episodes, but I know it's going somewhere, you know, back in our day. You could watch an episode and go, well, don't know when I'm going to get to see the next one. Exactly. Hope this was but as good. soon as
1: that next episode came on, do the excitement.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. It, I think that's really the feeling of nostalgia, man, at this point. It's so fun to go back and watch these cartoons and just relive that joy, that just absolute amazing feeling. And then we get to, you know, feel it again as we get these different reboots and we get to experience them in a new way. You know, they're made for the new generations, but there's so much stuff that we can enjoy as well. And, you know, like the shows that we had when we were a kid, it's definitely a different experience because, you know, people get to see them with their kids now and they get to see the joy that it brings them and their reactions and kind of go, oh yeah, that's the reaction I had when I was a kid. Right, exactly. And then going back, like me
1: being a dad myself, like going back and showing your kids what you used to watch and them actually getting into it and wanting to see more and more and more of it. I'm going to tell you right now, that is such a proud feeling because now Extra nostalgia set in. You're showing them what you used to watch as a kid. It's like, oh, this is cool. I like this. And you get to relive it. And while your kids are living it for the first time, you get to relive that with your own kids. It's, it, dude, it's a ridiculous feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, it's super awesome. Like, my kids, like, they're like Ninja Turtles now. And I'm starting to show them what I used to watch back then. And they're into it. Like, they're on board. You know, so I'm just gonna keep introducing into more and more and more stuff, and it's like, you know, the cliche is like you got to know the classics before you know the modern, mm-hmm. and it's dude, it's it's crazy, it's crazy reliving that, like especially like when you have kids and rewatch that stuff with them, it's 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 a fantastic feeling. There's nothing like it.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. And of course, we're just gonna keep getting that nostalgic feeling as we go on and on, man. Because we're here for the long haul. And um, and I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. And um, don't forget to check us out at geekworldorder.com, facebook.com slash geekworldorder, Instagram and Twitter at geekworldorder. And of course, please uh, don't forget to go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, you know, or anywhere else that you'd like to subscribe to a podcast, man. Of course, give us the the old five star review. Give us that text rating, and definitely help us out, man. Help the show grow. That's how we get to where we need to be. So definitely, just give us some some positive feedback. Um, another thing you can do, uh, if you want to leave a text rating on iTunes or your pla- your podcast provider. Um, go ahead and do so. We definitely want to encourage um, creative reviews. If you can think of you know, anything fun or creative, 80s related, um, go ahead, man. And once we get some of those reviews in, we might read them on the show here if we can get some, some good ones in.
1: Oh, I, I would love that. <laughs> By all means, please send those reviews in. Um, if you like what's going on now, trust me, it's just going to get better and better. Like, well, you see, you see what we do next? The next, the next uh, shows we'll be doing the, it's just, it's just gonna get better. Trust us. This is the eighties. You can't not do great things with eighties cartoons. So you're gonna love
0: it. Oh absolutely, man. And once again, uh, we are the totally radical cartoon podcast. We will see you next time. Cops, roll call. Highway, mainframe, long arm, Bowser and Blitz. Sundown, Hardtop, Mirage, Bullseye, Mace, Barricade, and they call me Bulletproof.
1: These are Empire City's most wanted crooks. Berserko,
0: Rock Crusher, Misdemeanor, Turbo Two-Tone, Dr. Bad Vibes, Nightshade, Use caution in apprehending.